everyone. I hope you are staying healthy and safe. This podcast episode comes with a video interview. If you would like to watch the video interview, you can find the links of the interview in my episode notes. You can watch it either through my YouTube page or my Facebook page called Words of Heart Podcasts. However you choose to listen to it, I truly hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Rebecca Heim. Durant Heim. Yeah. Durant Heim. My bad. No, um, no problem. Rebecca Durant Heim. Thank you for joining me today, Rebecca. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So, Rebecca, if you could tell my audience a bit about yourself, that would be great. Sure. Um, so my the the story of this part of my life uh, began in 2017, and when I was 28, um, that year I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it was a more aggressive form of breast cancer. It had some aspects to it um, that made it a bit more aggressive. Um, but I was very lucky when I found it. I was, it was still great or it was still stage one. Um, and I just, you know, found it myself doing a self check. And so I was extremely, extremely lucky um, to have found it when I did, when it was as early as it was. Uh, and I've sort of, my, my mom's always been sort of interested in natural and alternative medicine. Like we obviously had a regular uh, family doctor and all of that, but we still, I remember going to the naturopath occasionally or, you know, chiropractor, and that was not as common back then in the, in the nineties. So I was always had this sort of open-mindedness or appreciation towards um, other, other forms of medicine than just what we have in our conventional Western uh, medical system. And so I kind of, I'm also a teacher and I love learning and I love research. And so I think my reaction to any big problem, and it's probably somewhat anxiety driven, but um, my reaction is sort of just dive in and find what else I can do to help myself solve that problem or whatever it is, big or small. And so, yeah, I just started researching everything that I could find. I started, I, you know, I had my regular oncologist and surgeon, but then I also had an integrative doctor. And I had, at one point, I had three different naturopaths that I was seeing for various things. Um, and so I just kind of went from there and it launched me into this really crazy healing journey. And the focus of that journey initially was to heal physically, of course, and to figure out everything that I could do to help myself, you know, heal this and then prevent it from ever coming back. Cause that's the big thing after you're done treatment is how do you prevent it from coming back? And breast cancer is one of those cancers that has a tendency to recur even 15, 20 years later. So there's always this feeling that you're not ever quite out of the woods. Um, but what, was totally unexpected was the mental, emotional, and spiritual healing that I underwent as a result of this journey as well. It was, like I said, completely unexpected. You're so focused on the physical. And that, of course, is very important. Um, But there was just so much mental and emotional healing. And then the development of this spiritual connection, which I'd never had before, never really been interested in before. Um, But it just kind of happened, you know, in these huge life 
life-changing, life-altering events happen to you, your perspective on a lot of things shifts and realigns. And um, so, yeah, when I, I ended up coming through cancer very well, mentally and emotionally in particular. And that's an area of healing in cancer that often gets overlooked because our doctors are so focused on the physical, which is rightly so. That's where their area of expertise is. Um, but I just felt like I needed to I needed to first figure out how I had come through it so well, because I didn't even really know, have, a, have a clear sense of how I had done that initially. I just kind of took it a day at a time and like went with what came at me. Um, so I'd spent a lot of time thinking about and writing about how I had done that, how I had come through it so well. And then I felt like I needed to share that. So um, a couple of years ago, I started writing a blog and sharing posts on Facebook and just being very open and honest about my, my physical healing from cancer, but also my mental and emotional and, and spiritual healing as well. So that's what my focus is now, now that I'm through the worst of the storm, it's to maintain my health first and foremost, but also to share because I think that has helped me just as much as it helps other people. It's been incredibly cathartic for me and very healing for me to, to write and to share. It brings a lot of purpose to something that was really difficult and seemed so unfair. And, and at the time, um, it has now, yeah, sort of allows me to, to bring purpose to that diagnosis, something positive to that diagnosis that was, yeah, something that was pretty negative at the time. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my story when it comes to cancer. <laughs> I truly admire you for sure that, and I admire you even more for seeing um, that there was like a silver lining and purpose to your diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, I um, went on, well, I, I, I haven't experienced cancer. So um, obviously that is really intense as you mm -hmm. mentioned, and there's a history of cancer in my family. So mm, wow. I truly praise you for being a warrior to having um, to have the strength to go through something like that mm -hmm. absolutely um in regards to the purpose through your diagnosis mm -hmm. you eloquently mentioned um I got diagnosed with diabetes at the start oh, wow. of the pandemic last year uh, hard time oh my gosh <laughs> yes being diagnosed with any health diagnosis during this pandemic is absolutely more terrifying than probably oh, yeah. actually normal because obviously that there was no vaccine sense. at this yeah. point so um, many people did not see the silver lining to, well, it was hard to process the silver lining. They yeah. eventually did see the silver lining. It just took time. Um, we yes. had many health issues growing up. Yeah. Um, but in regards to what you were saying about the purpose within the diagnosis, mm -hmm. I instantly saw the purpose within my being Good. diagnosed with diabetes because I was on the brink of death. Um, right. To, I don't know how much info you know about diabetes, but yeah. that's just one huge overview in a nutshell to I could either have diabetes or I could die. So yeah. really we're one or the other. And obviously mm -hmm. I'm still here. So diabetes won out and thank goodness for that because yes. God's yes. way of resurrecting me from the dead to quote scripture because I'm a Christian. So mm -hmm. um, I see the... Um, spiritual and biblical nature to my diagnosis and the fact that it was another chance to live my life yeah. and from there um it kind of kickstarted this mantra for me of being a warrior for change and um <laughs> one second okay um we had a momentary pause there but we're back. <laughs> 
Um, so, um, as I was saying, um, I saw purpose through my diagnosis mm -hmm. and being a warrior for change. Um, yes, amazing. God called me to do, and that pretty much fast forward that was last year we've been in this pandemic for a year now yeah. to August which is when I launched my podcast to share my experiences and my stories and Amazing. stories such as yours to help others going through the exact same thing and just to be a sort a sense a source of comfort yeah during this um troubled season we're in oh, absolutely yeah absolutely yeah and I felt the same way that there was a lot that that there were reasons you know I, I feel like everything happens for a reason but not necessarily like you know like a predetermined or fated reason yeah. just yeah. mean that if you choose to look for the silver linings the positives the opportunities for growth the learning um, that you can find something positive in everything that happens and I think there was a lot of healing that I needed to do personally that you know I wasn't doing on my own <laughs> and cancer was a catalyst for a lot of change and a lot of healing in my own life. But I think also, um, I am now able to take that experience and help other people. And I think that's also one of, one of the reasons why I went through this, um, because now I can help people who are, who are coming up behind me going through the same thing. And, um, yeah, so I absolutely feel like I was also, you know, chosen to go through this so that I could could help people afterwards after I got to the other side of it. So it's been very rewarding so far. Yeah. Awesome. So I know you mentioned the 90s or 2017. I'm yeah. hard to pinpoint the year you mentioned when um, you got diagnosed with cancer. Um, 2017 was the for the cancer diagnosis. Yeah. So um, that would make it four we're coming up on four years in july yeah oh four yeah. years um yeah so just out of curiosity if you can give yourself advice to when you got first diagnosed yeah. what advice would you give your younger um uh, self in that moment um it was a really difficult moment because i was i was by myself when i received my diagnosis because um my tests had been inconclusive um, going into the biopsy. I had um, an ultrasound and a mammogram and both were, the mammogram was actually negative. I, even though I could, I could see the tumor, if I pressed my skin down, I could see it with my own eyes, but I have dense breast tissue, which a lot of young women do. And on a mammogram, it all looks the same. It ends up just looking regular tissue, healthy tissue and cancerous tissue all looks the same in that case. And so my, my mammogram was actually negative um, but for whatever reason, my doctor decided to send me for a biopsy anyway, thank goodness that she did. Um, and that is what eventually diagnosed it. But everyone was very relaxed about it and calm because they were all like, well, you know, you're young, you have no risk factors. There's, the tests are pretty inconclusive. So like, you're, you know, you're probably fine, but we'll do the biopsy anyway. So I was very relaxed about it, like waiting for my results. I wasn't really worried or concerned. Everyone had been very reassuring. Um, and then, so I, so I didn't, it didn't even occur to me to bring someone to the appointment with me just in case it wasn't good news. And so I, yeah, I was, yeah, completely by myself when I received that news and it was really uh, just a, just a crazy moment. Um, but part of me is kind of glad that I was alone in that moment because I got to 
experience what I was going through and sort of process those emotions without worrying. I'm a people pleaser. I'm a recovering people pleaser. And so I know if I'd had my partner with me in the room or my, my mom or my sister, you know, I probably would have been way more worried about what they were feeling in that moment instead of, you know, feeling and processing what I was, what was feeling. So again, a little bit of a silver lining, but to go back to that moment and to be able to sit down with myself that the first week after you're diagnosed, I had a, an, another friend of mine who is a number of years older, but she was diagnosed just, uh, just two years before me, I think, or three years before me. And so I called her because she was the only person I knew who had gone through this. And, uh, she said, you know, it's, it, it probably, we, you probably won't think that I'm right right now, but she's like, this is the hardest point right now, right? This, this, week or this couple of weeks when you're diagnosed but you don't have your pathology report yet you don't know what type of breast cancer you have you don't know whether you're going to have chemo or radiation or surgery or all three or some or not you don't know anything about what stage you're at yet it's just like so many unknowns and so it's such a terrifying time because you have no idea what's coming you have no idea how bad it is you're yeah you're just sort of swirling in your thoughts so i think in that moment, I would tell myself that this is the worst time right now. And it might not seem like it, but it's going to get better. You're going to learn about this disease. You're going to learn how it develops. You're going to learn what you can do to prevent it from coming back. Your relationships with people are going to get stronger as a result. Your relationship with your family, your friends, your partner is going to get stronger. You're going to learn so much about yourself. You're going to grow into the person that you are meant to be, that you were put on this earth to be. And I would just give all of the positives. I would just share all of the positives that were going to come as a result of that. Because the future is unknown and we don't know what's going to happen, our mind tends to focus on what the negative possibilities are going to be. It's just our human nature. It's survival. It's trying to think ahead so that it can maybe plan and prepare our, our mind and our body for what's going to happen. But it has a tendency, our brain in that instance then has a tendency to think of the worst possible things that could happen. And, but what I like to tell people now is we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And that means that there, it is just as likely that something amazing and good and, and positive is going to happen. And it's going to turn out exactly the way we want it to. It's just as likely as the opposite or as anywhere in between as well. Um, so I think just being aware of that in that moment would have helped so much um, to calm that anxiety and calm that stress and, and shift, start shifting the perspective from the negative to the positive, because that was a, a, a huge piece of my puzzle in terms of healing and, and being able to go into life after cancer without fear and anxiety controlling me, because that is Oh, a huge, a huge struggle in life after cancer. So yeah, being able to start the journey with that knowledge would have been amazing <laughs> to be able to like go through it with, with the, with the end in mind and knowing what was going to happen, it would have been made the process a lot easier. But also if I had known, maybe I wouldn't have, you know, maybe things wouldn't have turned out as well. Maybe I wouldn't have grown as much. Maybe I wouldn't have, you know, experienced as, as much or as deeply or grown. So who knows? But yeah, it would have been really nice. And I think that is what I would share with somebody. And it's what I share now with people who are newly diagnosed and are really in that, like, they're just in the storm of it right after diagnosis. It's so scary. Um, and I think just having someone that you can look to 
who's gone through it and you can see that you know there is life after cancer it is possible to get through this um and it's actually possible to be even healthier and even happier when you get to the other side because you know i'm living proof of that so um yeah that's absolutely what i would share with myself and it's what i share with people now absolutely and i um understand that whole friend and having experience with it prior um I had no history of diabetes to my knowledge on either mm-hmm. side of my family. Wow. Um, so it was a real shocking news to every single person on the planet mm-hmm. um, in regards to me. And I wasn't super chatty a week into it. Actually, I didn't say anything really mm-hmm. until March. And at that point, the world was about to go on lockdown pretty soon. <laughs> Right. So, um, I could even go out and shout to the world, even if I wanted to. Um, yeah. If I, but um, my best friend Zandra, um, um, we've been friends since we were like three or four. Wow. I had, I was fortunate enough and blessed with her friendship, and also with the fact that she just so happened to be diagnosed with diabetes three years prior. Oh wow. She had experience with that. And yeah. I really think it's cause kismet or however you want to put that like mm-hmm. this will happen to be best friends since we were little yeah into our late 20s um well, we're only 25 so still late I guess in a way yeah um and that we just so happen to be diabetic around the same time mm-hmm. so um I was fortunate enough for her to be there for me she visited me in the hospital I mm-hmm. didn't even ask her to come but oh <laughs> I'm coming she like took time out of her day she had like job blood work or interviews or something and she literally took time out of her day to come wow. see me and Amazing. she's a real rock star through this um transition because I had no idea on North Wales right <laughs> um I was like because I can relate to diagnosis and being so unsure yes. and what to do with it and yeah. just um you yeah. are on the brink of four years which is a huge yes. huge huge um achievement in itself um and I'm like many people who got diagnosed with plenty of stuff during this pandemic I'm sure which is unfortunate um Mm -hmm. I got um take light to the fact that this pandemic has affected everyone involved and my heart goes out to anyone who has been affected by it but to be diagnosed (laughs) with anything during this pandemic I have, I have to give special, a special shout out to those as well, because being diagnosed when there's a virus going on that can kill you Uh, doesn't improve your chances or help your chances in it. No, the fact that I was diagnosed with diabetes, um, and I share this quite a bit because it is a huge testament to my story and who I'm becoming and shaping who I am. And it's also really what launched this podcast. Exactly. So um, the fact that I was able to survive this huge health change in my life and just Mm -hmm. have to understand it during a pandemic is really huge because this virus could potentially kill you. And the statistical factors for diabetics is not great. It's actually worse than everybody else. (laughs) That's right. It's a compounding factor, right? Yeah. Well, the fact that I was able to survive this, being diabetic in this virus is just... Amazing. It's an absolute miracle that I was Mm -hmm. able to survive it. It's a miracle that I'm even still breathing, really. Right. Think about, because several months prior, I could have died and then I get diagnosed and then we get this shutdown and the virus and just a whole mishmash of stuff but so many things in spite of that and everything that's happened 
all my experiences have truly shaped me into oh, yeah. who I am becoming. So I wholeheartedly agree with you as far as diagnosis being a catalyst for change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I was never a big, huge person on change whatsoever until yeah. I got diagnosed. So it's just come full circle in full a way. Um, as far yeah. as being a warrior for change and a catalyst for change, and mm-hmm. that all our experiences do serve a purpose. In they do. Some way. They do. And it's sometimes really hard, especially with big things like a diagnosis, cancer, diabetes, or any really like life changing diagnosis. When it happens, it's impossible to see what those positives are going to be because you're just so scared and you're so unsure. And then, yeah, especially right now, as you said, with so much else going on in the world, it's extra scary. Um, So, yeah, it just takes time and and perspective and just going through it, like actually, you know, doing it, doing the putting one step in front of the other and one foot in front of the other and just continuing to to move forward. And um, yeah, it often does take these big things to change us because humans are creatures of habit. We get in our comfortable ruts and we like where we're at, where we're at, and we we don't want to rock the boat and we don't want things to change in ways that we are not expecting them change. You know, change gets viewed as all change gets viewed as negative because it's it's an unknown and that's kind of scary. Um, but there are just so many untold ways that our life can change for the positive ways that we can't even imagine. And often it's the result of these like big, heavy um, things that at first we just like do not know what to do with. Um, and I think that's why talking about them like we are is so important because that that's hearing other people's experiences was invaluable to me when I was like going I, I had, was part of online support groups and an in-person support group and then I had you know this other friend who had gone through it as well and just having that knowing that I wasn't alone in going through this um this this journey this <laughs> this uh this experience was was really invaluable um it helped me just feel not alone and I think that's and we were talking about how COVID has impacted these things and made them more, more of a struggle for people. And I think that's one of the the biggest ways probably is because we are so isolated right now. I mean, things are, you know, starting to open up and, and, and get a bit back to normal, but, but it, it was such a, such an isolating time. And I cannot imagine having to have gone through my diagnosis at this time. Like it would have just been so much more of a struggle physically too because your immune system is being compromised and then there's this virus so that's terrifying but also just like mentally and emotionally it would have been such a struggle because uh, yeah the other people um who were with me going through this with their own diagnosis it was it was so important so so important so yeah I think that's been a really big struggle for people as well right now during this time absolutely yeah well, I'm going to shake things up a bit. Right. <laughs> it's been a great conversation. Yeah. I want to get to this fun icebreaker question I mentioned to you For before sure. we started. Um, so if you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting Ooh. or levitating your body, I have to add levitating now because <laughs> people will pick teleport when I say they can't be flying, but it's the exact same thing. Like, oh, what if I could float on over to um starbucks no that's levitating your body you can't do that now either so if you could have any superpower that's not any of the things i mentioned mm-hmm. and have some fun with it what would it be um i think it honestly would be uh 
<laughs> it's so funny because I actually tried to do this when I was a kid, but I, I wish I could like look at a book and just absorb all of the knowledge that was in it or like sleep on it. You know, like there's some people who talk about how they like, I, I think I heard it on like a TV show or something when I was a kid, someone, I don't think it was real, but, you know, someone slept on a book and they like absorbed all the knowledge. It was, and so I actually tried to do that once when I was a kid, I had a test and I like put my textbook under my pillow and tried to like absorb in my sleep all the knowledge. But I think that would be so cool to just be able to like look at a book or like open it and just automatically know everything that was inside of it. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I almost thought you were going to say if you could wish you can go inside into the book. Um, oh my god that's even better <laughs> yes like go in there and just experience all of the knowledge or the story if it's fiction because I love reading I, I absolutely love it um, but I'm a slow reader I am a slow reader and so it would be amazing yeah if I could just either one I'd take either one absorb it or just jump right in there for sure <laughs> like as you were describing it I thought of and you couldn't I don't know you, well, I think you might know because you mentioned the 90s so I think you might be yeah. for the show that I'm thinking of um, <laughs> there's this um show on PBS um called and I don't even know if this was part of the intro or not um but it just got me thinking of it for some reason it was called like reading rainbow or something yeah I know reading rainbow yeah <laughs> I was just picturing like the book opening yeah and then the song scene book yeah. <laughs> book, reading rainbow yeah <laughs> uh, but that Absolutely. would be a good power um you yeah. you would pick obviously um, <laughs> my power is not exactly as cool as yours but like <laughs> it could be a cool one in the future if it doesn't mm -hmm. happen to exist would be the power for this podcast to be heard across other galaxies that have yet Ooh. to be discovered so they're not so even cool. on Chance's radar yet. And yet yeah. tuning into this awesome podcast right now. Amazing. That's such a good one. That's so cool. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> yes, they can tune in, absorb the information with their minds or yeah. antennas or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Martian-like construct <laughs> that they can... <laughs> hear into i'm sure there's many ways to hear on other places well we can talk about jumping into books or jumping on the moon but we're yeah. at the end of this awesome conversation unfortunately mm -hmm. um do you have any social plugins um websites where people can get in contact with you give yeah. us the one-on-one -on -one into how my audience can contact you. For sure. Uh, so the easiest thing is the um, website, Solis Cancer Community, S-O-L-I-S, cancercommunity.com. Um, and that's the blog. Um, and then I have some freebies on there, diet guide, anti-cancer diet guide, um, and a few other things. Um, I have a, an online course there as well about risk reduction after you're done treatment or for people who are super serious about prevention. Um, so it's all things that you can do yourself at home to help reduce your risk of cancer. Um, and then I have another interview series on there about mental and emotional support that I produced, uh, produced a couple of years ago. Um, so that stuff's all there. Uh, and then the Facebook group is where I'm most active. I post there three or four times a week. Um, and I post about mental and emotional health, 
uh, diet and nutrition with recipes. I talk about new research that's coming out in both in the conventional worlds and the um, alternative world. Talk about you know supplements and detoxing and all sorts of stuff. Um, so that Solus Cancer Community Facebook group. If you just search Solus Cancer Community on Facebook, it'll come up. Same thing on on Instagram and same thing on YouTube. On YouTube, I have a lot of um, I have like meditations um, and interviews as well on there. Uh, I do a Mental Health Monday video every Monday, so those are all up on YouTube as well. So Solus Cancer Community, just on whatever social media platform you use that you like, that's the easiest, or the, the website, soluscancercommunity.com. Awesome. Thank you for joining yeah. me today, Rebecca. This was an amazing conversation. It was fantastic. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff. I love sharing. Like I said, I feel like it was one of the main purposes why I went through this so that I could help others. So thank you for giving me a platform to, to do that. Absolutely. I love giving people the opportunity to share their stories because yeah. it can help everyone. And exactly. Because no one should have to go through anything. No. We're all here to help no. each other. And in That's any it. way I can help do that through my podcast, I want to do that. So thank Amazing. you so much for joining. Not a problem. Thank you so much. <laughs> to all my listeners, stay healthy, stay safe. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Hello everyone, it is your heart warrior Dion here. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Words of Heart. If you liked this episode and would like to leave a rating slash review, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave the review slash rating on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. In addition, if you would like to let me know right away your thoughts on this episode, you are also welcome to leave a voice message right here on the Anchor app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful day.